lives. Book of Exodus, chapter 17. Let's get in it. Chapter 17, verse 8. Lord willing, uh, I'd like to preach to you as we live in this day and age and the time that we live in. We live in troubled times. Uh, we live in difficult times. I'd like to preach to you just a little bit about winning the battle. Amen. Uh, the Bible says in verse 8 of Exodus in the 17th chapter, it says, Then came Amalek. Let me just stop right there. I'm going to take my time if I, if I can. Uh, you just pray. I won't keep you uh, too long, but I pray that God would just let this resound in your hearts. Amalek was actually related to the children of Israel. If you trace the bloodlines back, you're going to get back to them. But they were troublemakers. They were somebody that consistently uh, made trouble uh, in, in their lives. They kept coming up against them. And, and they were just always there. Uh, can I tell you that you're going to have troubles in this life. Amen. And it sometimes comes close at hand. And sometimes it's, it's right in your own family uh, that that trouble comes from. Uh, it's hard uh, sometimes to deal with those that can cut you the closest. Amen. Because you're so close to them. It says, Then came Amalek, and they fought with Israel in Rephidim. Now, you may not know where Rephidim is. I don't really know where Rephidim is, but I know this. I know Rephidim is somewhere between Egypt and Canaan. Now, let me just get there a minute. Let Y'all just stay with me just a moment now. Where's Egypt? Egypt's where bondage was. Egypt was, was where they were held slaves and held captives. That's where Egypt was. Uh, Egypt's where you was before you met the master and you got saved and, and, and you was lost and undone and headed for hell. You was in Egypt. You was bound in bondage. Your sins had you so chained up that you couldn't get free from them if you wanted to. That's where Egypt was. Uh, but Canaan was the promised land. Uh, God had said to them long ago, this will be your home. You'll live in houses that you didn't build. You'll drink out of wells that you didn't dig. You'll be blessed beyond measure. We're headed uh, to a heavenly home. If you've got uh, the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to a place called heaven. Amen. Uh, that's Canaan. That's, that's the promised land. That's where we're headed. Somewhere between bondage and heaven is where they was at. There's a place called Rephidim. I'll say this. That's probably where you're at right now. Amen. If you've been saved by God's marvelous grace, you're between bondage and heaven. Amen. Now notice what happened. In between that being set free and going home eternally, they had trouble. Amen. They had trouble. The Amalekites had come against them. They had trouble. All right, let's read on. Verse 9 says, And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go fight with Amalek tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him, and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass, when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, that Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat there on and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Now this is not a, a story that's new in the Bible. You've heard it before, amen. About the time that they held that rod up and he held his hands up. Now I want y'all to say what he held his hands up and as long as his hands was up, they was winning, right? But when those hands began to droop and they just got heavy and they just got tired, uh, those hands would begin to come down. And, and, and when that would happen, then they would begin to lose the battle. 
Now, now here's the picture uh, that, that the Lord gave me from this scripture. Uh, we are the church, amen. God put us together for a reason. He, he bound us up uh, for a special reason, and y'all testified about those things. I, I don't know why God does the way he does. I don't know what he, he's doing, but he knows what he's doing, but I'm thankful to be a part of it. There's such a love yeah. to be in his people, amen. Uh, but there's some battles that we're going to face. I'm telling you this, if this number continues to rise and people begin to keep coming in the doors and people keep coming to the altar and, and souls keep getting saved, the devil's not going to like it very much. Right. Amen. Right. And he's going to fight church against us. Amen. Right. He's going to stand against you and your home. Right. He's going to stand against your fans. He's going to fight against us. That's what's right. going to happen. Amen. It, yeah. it will happen. Uh, the Amalekites, uh, we're just, uh, as the preacher preached, uh, one of the messages we heard was just like a thorn in the side, amen. Uh, that, that, that's what's going to happen. The devil's going to fight against us. And, and, so, and so here, let's see what happened. It says, first it said, and Moses said unto Joshua. Now Joshua's got his own book. If you turn a couple pages, don't turn there. But if you do turn there, you know he's got his own book in the Bible. Joshua uh, was a pretty powerful leader of God. This is the first time that we hear Joshua's name in the scriptures. I hadn't heard about him before now. But here's something that's what I'm telling you. Now listen to me. Here's what was going on. The, so if you picture the, the children of Israel as our church is, amen, as we are, uh, they had a leader. They had somebody that the other people looked to uh, to lead them and to guide them. Uh, that, that was Moses' job. God called him to do that job. We have to have people that lead the direction, amen. I, I'm telling you right now, you say, well, you're just going to preach on yourself. I'd rather it wasn't me. Amen. I run from the call. I didn't want to be a preacher, and I definitely didn't want to be a pastor. And, and I'm telling you, just as when God called us uh, to come here, well, we had a hard time with it. Not because we didn't like you or we didn't love you, but we just had a hard time uh, thinking, God, just... Just why put us back in that position again? Why, why not just let us rest a little while? Amen. You know, see, I know y'all y'all ain't amen to me, but I know y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all like to rest, amen. Y'all sitting on them padded seats. Y'all like to rest. I I know what it's like, amen. We like comfort, amen. And, and but God called somebody. Uh, he called Moses here uh, to be somebody who would stand in front of him and say, "There's something worth fighting for," amen. Yeah. Listen, he, he, the Bible says that he said, Hey, Joshua. Now, Joshua had showed up. We don't even know what he was or wasn't doing at that time. But apparently, he began to show uh, that he had some promise, right? He, he began to show that there was something in him uh, that could maybe lead other people. Uh, maybe he'd been appointed to a high position and he had done well with that position. Yeah. Can I tell you today that God is looking for some Joshua's? Amen. God's looking for some people among us who might stand and fight the good fight. Amen. Now listen, there was already Moses. He was already there, but Moses couldn't go down and fight that fight and stand on the mountain at the same time. Are y'all hearing me? He couldn't do both jobs. He couldn't stand and, and hold his arms up and hold up the rod of God and point people to God and say, look, here is where our help comes from. He couldn't do that and get down and fight the fight in the valley. Are y'all with me? Y'all ain't real excited about it. Listen, Amen. I'm just going to preach the truth anyway. God needs some Joshua's. God needs somebody, somebody to step up and say, I'll go a little farther. Now, I want you to know God's already doing that here. I'm, I'm just going to give you what God gave me. And I'm just, I, that's all I'm doing is just lay it out here for you. 
God gives the sun scotation. Amen. Yeah. I don't know if he knows he's gifted at it or not. I don't know what he knows. Amen. I believe God will fill him up. Yeah. Amen. Amen. God gives some young preachers. Yeah. Amen. Amen. God has given some people that might stand and fight the good fight. Right. Got another young son school teacher in the back. God filling her up. Praise the Lord. Listen, can I tell you that God is calling some people. This ain't about what Moses wanted, but God put the right person in the right place at the right time to do the job that needed to be done so that the good battle could be won. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Are y'all with me today? God right. is calling some of us to stand up. Now, he didn't just choose Joshua. He said, hey, Joshua, choose us some men. That might go fight to fight. So now here it goes a little bit further. God selected somebody uh, to be their leader, Moses, to stand and point them and say, God is our deliverer, but I need some other people to get down there in the trenches. And so then there was a leader that kind of stood up, Joshua, among them. But then there were others who fought beside him. Are you hearing me this morning? God has got a place for you in this church. God has a place for you. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about this building. I'm talking about in his church. Yeah. Amen. We just talked about how in the Chinese world, how every one of them has taken upon themselves that they will be the light. And what's happening is, is that light is spreading from one soul to another soul to another soul. And they're growing by the millions. Praise the Lord. We're lucky to see two get saved. We rejoice. And I rejoice when two get saved. But the reality is, is that there's a greater battle here. Now, now stay with me, stay with me. So, so let's continue the picture. So there's some people here that God has chosen to fight this fight, and, and they must fight it. But, but see, here's the problem is, is a lot of times that there are people looking to that man and not looking to God. Notice it said the rod of God. It didn't say the rod of Moses or the rod of Aaron, which it does in other places in the Scripture. It's called the rod of Aaron multiple times. But right here in the Scripture, this wasn't about Aaron. And this wasn't about Moses. It was about God. Now think about this just for a moment. Uh, think about this. He's got this big old staff. And as long as he's holding this staff up, they're being victorious. That sounds like a mighty staff to me, right? Think about it. If I, as long as we take this staff and we hold it up, we're victorious. Can I ask you this question right now? In your life, have you ever faced any challenges? What if I say to you, I got this magical staff. I'll give it to you. And as long as you hold this staff up over your problem, you'll be victorious over your problem. You'll be victorious over your finances. You'll be victorious over your relationships. You'll be victorious over everything. If I said, I got a rod for you, and all you got to do is hold it up, and everything will be fine, what do you think you'll do with that rod? I think y'all be fighting me for it. Amen? Uh, we would. The world would come in. They'd want that rod. Wouldn't it? They'd say, well, let us have that. Uh, countries and nations would fight over that rod. <coughs> we want to be the most powerful. We want to be the most victorious. Can I tell you that you have that authority? God's already granted you his strength. If we but hold him up. If we but just say that he is, he is our victory. Instead of us trying to solve all of our problems, can I tell you, you've got the rod of God. It comes, it comes when we're down on our knees and we're praying. It comes when we lift him up with high and holy hands, as the scripture describes, and we give him the glory. It comes when we get in the word and we let the word of his Holy Spirit spread into our heart. We have the power to be victorious. 
right. we have it. It's it's there. But now listen, it says, And it came to pass when Moses held up his hands that Israel prevailed, and when he let his, down his hands that Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. Can I tell you this? That if you don't hold others, each other's hands up, oh, it gets heavy. I can remember when I was a younger man, and I was still in school, and was in the band, and we'd do these warm-ups. We'd do these arm circle things. Oh, y'all know arm circles. Anybody ever had to do that PE or anything? Mm. All right, just let's just hold them there. Let's just hold them there. Just hold them up a little while. And that, and that just seemed like forever and ever we go. Think about this now. You know what happens? Oh, oh, it begins to hurt. Yeah. Oh, it begins to burn. It begins to, oh, oh, I can't do this on my own. Can I tell you that we got too many churches right now with just a few people holding their hands up. Are you know what I'm talking about? A few people that's doing the work. A few people that's saying, I'll go where nobody else went. I'll go. I'll lock the church up. I'll turn the air conditioning on. I'll be the one that teaches Sunday school and is the song director and is, and is, and is, and you got one person holding their hands up. Are y'all with me? And all those hands begin to get heavy. Oh, they begin to hurt. Oh, you get tired. Can I tell you, the pastor, and I'm not just talking about me, I'm just talking about what God does. Oh, the pastor gets tired, don't he, Sister Burrow? Mm -hmm. Don't the pastor just sometimes feel like I can't hold my arms up any longer. I can't, I can't, I can't keep doing it on my own. Can I tell you, he needs you. Yeah. Now, I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about what God has set up to weigh that we can have victory. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he needs you. The Bible says that they got a rock. And I hear me now. They got a rock. And they said, sit down here, Moses, on this rock. Just sit down here on it. Uh, sit down and rest at least half your body. I know that's tiresome, and I know your arms are heavy, but, but sit down. The Bible says that there is but one chief cornerstone, and his name is Jesus Christ. Can I tell you that he's given us a rock that we might sit upon. He's given us a rock that we can lean on when we get tired. He's given us a rock that, that we can go to when we're broken, when we're hurting, when we don't have nowhere to go. There's a rock, and his name is Jesus. And you can rest on him uh, this morning. You can, you can sit down just and rest a little while, but you can't let your hands down. Now hear me, there's still a work to be done. You can't, can't let your hands down. You can't give up in this fight. You can't let go of what he's doing and what he's got going on. Listen, let me, let me just say to you uh, right now, without one another, we'll fail. Without one another, we'll fail. Here's what happened, right? The Bible said that his hands were heavy. But there was two men with him. And those men, they got around him. And they said, listen, you hold up one. And I'll hold up the other. And the Bible says that these two stood one on the one side and one on the other. And they began to lift his hands for him. The Bible says until sunset that they stood there. Do you know what God's doing? He wants us that we bind together and hold one another up. That we might lift him up and be overcomers and be victorious. And right. Listen, listen, there is a victory. 
that can be one. I know what y'all thinking right now. I said, preacher, you've been holding your hands up a really long time. I know what y'all thinking. Ain't even hurting. Ain't even burning. We know why. Because here's the reality. When we let God take control, when we let God take over, he'll be the spirit that holds your hands up. Right. Listen, that's good when, oh, Brother Jeremy, when we hold one another's hands up. It's good when, when you're here holding mine, I'm holding yours, we're holding it. It's a lot easier. It's a lot less pressure. But then when the Holy Spirit gets involved yeah. and he begins to give you that strength, can I tell you, we can do things. We can do things that we couldn't do on our own. God will give us strength that you don't have on your own. God will supply what you need, and there'll be victory. Amen. But I'm telling you, it takes all of us. Amen. Don't believe that, well, I'll just let them do it. I'll just sit on the sidelines. There's no sitting on the sidelines. The Bible says you're either for me or you're against me. How many times how many times have we stood against the Lord when we did nothing at all? How many times have you let your brother or sister let their hands fall because you wouldn't stand with them and you wouldn't overcome with them? How many times have we, have we let the devil have victory where we could have victory? How many times have we stood and done nothing? Church, it's time that we lift our high, holy hands to him and say, this victory ain't about me. It's about you. I'm going to rely on you, but I'm going to do my part. Amen. The Bible says after that point, uh, Joshua was a different individual. You know, the church needed him. The Jews needed him. Joshua was the one who would lead them into the promised land. Joshua was the one who would carry them further, who would overcome battle after battle. It was Joshua that would do that. But let me ask you something. What happens? What happens in the battle? If Aaron and her don't hold up Moses' arms. Think about that. They lose. Are y'all with me? They lose. If if they hadn't been there doing their part, his arms fall, and they lose. But now wait. Joshua's out there on the battlefield. Joshua's on the battlefield with other people. Well, if they lose, the only way they lose is if they are killed. Stay with me. If Aaron and Hur don't do their part and help hold up the arms of Moses, if Moses don't do his part and lift up the rod of God, if neither of them do their part, then Joshua is destroyed on the field of battle. Church, I want to tell you what happens. I want to tell you what happens when we just let a few people do the work. Here's what happens. When just a few people do the work and we don't get involved, here's what happens. What happens is, is they get tired. And they get, they get weary. But even worse than that, they get defeated. They get defeated. I, I, I'm telling you, we sat in that association Saturday, and there's a church. There's a church. Had nobody there. Had no church letter. They have no pastor. They're about to be no more. We have one in our association. This ain't somewhere far off, y'all. We have one in our association. 
that at any moment could be over. Got pastor, his wife, another preacher and his wife, and maybe one day, maybe five people to show up. Here's what's going to happen. The people that have been there are destroyed. They're broken. They're dejected. They're downtrodden. And now they can't go on and lead any further. How many more souls could have been saved in those churches? Are y'all with me? How many more people could have found Jesus in those churches? I'm just going to tell you, I don't want anything to happen to our Joshua's. Are y'all hearing me? I don't want anything happening to our Joshua's. Or those others that were by his side. I don't want anything to happen to those folks. I don't want anything to happen to the ones that are going to come hereafter. I don't want anything to happen to the ones that I believe that will get saved right here. I believe. Why? Because he put us here to do a work. And he didn't put us here to be defeated. He said, I come to bring you life and to bring it more abundantly. He's talking about victorious living. He has a plan for us. We're already seeing fruits from it right now. We're already seeing God's hand at work. Uh, we had as many baptized in this church as any other church in our association this past year. I, I, I'm not bragging on, on what's uh, going on here against other people. I'm just saying that God's got a work for us to do. Now the question is, are we doing it? So there was a call. It says that Moses said unto Joshua, there was a call. <clears throat> so God's calling you. And I don't know what he's calling you into, but he's calling. So, well, Pastor, if you don't know what he's calling you into, how do you know he's calling? Because everybody had a part to play. Everybody. Well, I don't know what my part is. I'm going to say something right now, and I'm going to hurt your feelings, and then you pray about it, and you forgive me later on, okay? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I don't know what my part is. Yes, you do. Let me tell you how you know. I'm going to tell you how you know. Hey, you know, because he won't leave you alone about it. Those little bitty things that keep coming up that you should be doing that you're not doing, that, that right. keeps coming up. I, I'm not saying this is a big thing. I'm not saying that you got to do this or that, that you got to be the Sunday school teacher or the, the song director. I'm not saying that it's big things. I'm saying there are little things that he keeps prodding you to do. Right. You need to do those things. Yes, you do. Secondly, yes, you do. Yes, you do know because he gifted you. He gifted you. What do you mean? I ain't got no talents. I ain't got no gifts. Yes, you do. you telling me the Lord didn't give you nothing? That's not who my Lord is. That's not how he works. He puts you here for a reason with specific right. tasks. Even, I can tell you this, my son who could not speak, who could not see, who could not hear, had a bigger purpose than I think that I will ever have. Touched more people's lives in a short amount of time than I will ever know. Yes, you do. You got a reason. You got position and place that nobody else has. You got influence into people's lives that nobody else has. Yes, you do. Mm -hmm. Yes, you do. God has got something for you to do, and he's been asking you to do it. That's right. 
right. It's time to do it. That's right. Somebody's dependent on you. There's somebody standing beside you whose arms are getting tired, and they just need somebody to say, don't give up. Don't give up. Keep on going. Yeah. They need somebody to hold that hand up with them. Somebody needs you. Somebody needs you. Do what God's calling you to do, church. Listen, that is just a little taste of what God can do. Right. Just a few extra people. That's just a taste of what my God can do. That's He's right. a big, big God. Amen. He's been meeting with us. He's yeah. been talking to us. He's been sitting down and having church with us. Praise God. But yeah. He can do so much more. That's right. What is it that He's calling you to? What is it that he's asked you to do? Come get a verse of song. If you feel the need to pray, we want you to come and pray. But let me just beg you more than that. If he's asking you to do something, would you just do it? If he's saying, I wish you'd go over and just hug that person's neck, would you do it this morning? If he's saying, hey, why don't you go and encourage them a little bit, would you do it? If, if he said, would you just go tell them, that they need to get saved. Would you do it this morning? Would you do what God's calling you to do? Stand with us all.